Hello, hello, Ashley. How are you doing? Hello, darling. I am good. I'm present. I'm accounted for. That's all I can ask for. New month. <laughs> New, new manifestation day month baby so yes, you know, we, we try not to do too much day drinking but don't judge me okay <laughs> 2020 okay no i mean i there it's five o'clock somewhere exactly know? exactly <laughs> appreciate that my friend how was your thanksgiving it was really good you know that i i traveled mm-hmm. i know that was not advised i you know but I did end up traveling back to my hometown. I got to spend some time with my family and friends. So I mean, at this point, that's really all that I could ask for. Good food, great food, actually. Thank you, mom. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, just some good times. And unfortunately, I won't be able to be with them for Christmas. So I just really tried to soak it up Mm -hmm. as much as possible uh, during this season. How was yours? It was lovely. I kept it simple since we weren't traveling. (laughs) Um, And when I say keep it simple, we definitely got like sliced turkey breast from Honey Bay (laughs) KM. And I I did make all the sides from scratch. So we're talking macaroni and cheese, Mm. candy, yams. Um, Oh, I lied. I didn't make my greens from scratch. (laughs) I used glory greens this year. Delora, no one but you knew that, girl. We was going to take your word at it, okay? <laughs> but I, I, you know what? We are not paid for this endorsement, but it is worth saying. Um, obviously, I don't do anything straight from the can when I do things like that. I jazz mm-hmm. them up, but make your own bacon, you know, get your own bacon grease. Sorry for vegans out there. And uh, sprinkle some season all. We good. Happy Thanksgiving. Listen. Oh, and I wish I could have had some of that mac and cheese. I'll say that. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yes. And the last thing I was going to say, um, I didn't even make desserts. I usually make a good sweet potato pie or three mm. <laughs> or a peach cobbler or something. And again, it was literally my little nuclear family. And yeah. so we ordered um, cake from New York. Uh, have you ever heard of the milk bar? I have not. Yes. I, um, I, I, <laughs> I watched several Netflix shows where the owner slash creator has been featured and Mm -hmm. her cakes have always looked so delicious to me. And I was like, Thanksgiving, let's order a cake. And it came ice packed. It was really impressive. What kind of cake did you say it was? Uh, so I got the 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 famous birthday cake, and um, oh. my 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 lovely toddler refers to it as surprise cake. It's the cutest little thing. Whenever she sees confetti, <laughs> it's like surprise muffins, surprise cookies, surprise cake. So, yeah. So, well, that's very cute. I I did get to throw down some carrot cake yet yes. again. Thank you, mother. You know, she she fixed that bad boy from scratch. Me, her, and my brother was eating off of it every day. Multiple oh, slices. Cheese frosting. Yes, it was oh. delicious. It was delicious. So, you know, again, could not complain. I, I hope that everybody out there got a chance to, you know, do something you enjoyed during the holiday. Safely, yes. Exactly. Yeah, we'll yes. get to that, won't we, Delora? We will, we will. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get started. So welcome, everyone. Welcome to Recapping with Delora. And Ashley. Yes. So hot topics for this week. I will say it's getting a little difficult to find some good hot topics. You know what I mean? I think things are slowing down, end of year. Yeah. Especially after, 
you know, a year we have all had. <laughs> it's been it's been quite a lot. Like I can tell you, some of the slower weeks, I'm like, you know what? I don't mind it. Not to have anything shocking in the headlines is refreshing. It's refreshing. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, um, for hot topics, the first mm-hmm. topic this week. Grammy nominations. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and um, read off the top, the top four awards and its nominees. So the top uh, award record of the year, Black Parade by Beyonce, Colors by Black uh, Pumas, Rockstar, by the baby featuring Rowdy Rich. Is that how you say his name? I, I don't Roddy know. Is, I think it's, I think it may be Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich. I don't know. I don't know these Z's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Generation Z's out here. Uh, that's, that's sometimes why I love an award show because that'll be the first time I've ever seen some of their faces. Right. Um, but have like millions of views for their music uh, videos and then streams. So exactly. Say So by Doja Cat, Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, personal fave. <laughs> Don't Stop Now by Dula Lipa, Circles by Post Malone, and Savage by Megan The Stallion featuring Beyonce. And I have to say, I have a lot of faves in this uh, category second largest i mean it's not really the second largest i mean these are the the coveted top four awards mm-hmm. um album of the year who i don't even know how to pronounce this actually this is by your girl janae i, I janae Iko, yes. uh chalambo 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 thank yes. you chalambo um by again uh Janae Ioka. <laughs> Janae name? Ico. <laughs> Janae Ico. Thank you. Black you Pumas. <laughs> Deluxe Edition by Black Pumas. Uh, Everyday Life by Coldplay. Uh, uh, D. Jesse, Volume 3 by Je- uh, Jacob Kohler. Women in Music Part 3 by Hayam. I do like Hayam. Uh, Future Nostalgia by Dula Lipa. Hollywood's Bleeding, Post Malone, and Folklore by Taylor Swift. I'm glad you know who some of these people are because I have no idea. But I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. Song of the Year, uh, Black Parade. Um, a lot of writers on this award, or, or I'm sorry, for this particular song. That's the one thing about Beyonce music. She'd be having 15 songwriters listed. And hmm. I, I feel like that's part of the reason why the Grammys don't, don't get me wrong, they, they recognize her quite a bit because I have some news on that, but we'll get into that later. The Box, Cardigan, which is a Taylor Swift song. I'm sorry, okay. let's go back. The Box is the rap song by Roddy Rich. Okay. Cardigan, Taylor Swift, Circles, Post Malone song, Don't Stop Now, Dula Lipa. Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, I Can't Breathe uh, by her. And yes, her, if, my girl. Her. <laughs> if the World Was Ending, which is a JP Sex featuring Julia Michaels. And the last category I'm going to talk about is Best Artist, Best New Artist. Okay. Um, Ingrid A- Andres, Phoebe mm. Bridgers. Uh, Chica, amazing rapper, 
okay. Noah Cyrus, Miley Cyrus' little sister. Oh, wow. D Smoke, Doja Cat. This one is difficult. K, K Trandia. K, K, Apologies K, if anyone's names are <laughs> getting butchered. We're doing the best we can over here. It is literally one word, and I've never seen this word in my life or heard it. <laughs> and then Megan V. Stallion um, will top off our top four awards uh, for 2021 Grammy nominations. So I just wanted to highlight really quick uh, Beyonce with um is leading with the most nominations nine this year she's now tied um with frank sinatra with the most record of the year nominations in grammy history i thought that was interesting um and taylor swift is also highly nominated this year with seven uh awards and you know what what are, what are your initial thoughts for these uh, these artists? You know these artists in these top four categories. Before I go into the distressed artists, yeah, <laughs> or the snubs. I mean, so I think because we're gonna get to that, my thoughts are already like, how much do I care anymore mm-hmm. when I hear these uh, nominations? Um, mm-hmm. I think the Grammys, and this is not about any particular celebrities' feelings right now, but for a while, the Grammys have disappointed me with um, certain awards they've given out and certain people they haven't included. I am excited by some of the artists that I do love that have been nominated, like Janae, like her. Um, yes. But overall, my girls, Chloe and Hallie, were also nominated this yes, year i saw Super that excited. ungodly hour was banging if y'all have not listened absolutely. to it absolutely um but yeah i mean it just doesn't i guess it just doesn't move me again especially because there's been controversy and i just feel like over time the awards don't mean as much to me as they used to in terms mm-hmm. of me feeling like they were the oscars of music you know what i mean it yeah just doesn't, and, i mean technically they are in, in this yeah of... it just doesn't hold that weight in my mind anymore mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. i mean in terms of like when I see it, I'm like, oh, you won how many Grammys? Like that used to be just the same as, oh, you won how many Oscars? That is the epitome of success to me. I just don't yes. feel that way anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. So, and and what I was um, alluding to is, in some ways, it could be viewed as the Oscars of music because they are, you know, the the longest running awards out there just like the oscars are so they have that academy right there's the academy exactly very prestigious but again for me and i'm sure at this point a lot of other not only celebs but fans it's just not quite the same as it used to be in terms of when i was a kid i thought the grammys were the end all be all of musical Mm -hmm. success same same yeah yeah like a lot of institutions they're kind of losing their grip huh (laughs) Uh, just a little bit, just a little bit. When we get into it, I, you know, Drake had a great, Drake had a great quote. So, yes. So I want to talk about the most notable snub and that is, uh, from the weekend. Mm -hmm. He had an album that came out this year and he received zero nominations. And, uh, I want to talk about his tweets. So, after the awards came out, he wrote the following on his Twitter, collaborating or collaboratively planning a performance for weeks to not um, being invited. In my opinion, zero nominations equal you're not invited. The Grammys 
remain corrupt. You owe me, my fans, and the industry transparency. Mm. Just wanted to thank the fans for uh, committing to this journey with me. I love you guys so much. None of this is possible without y'all. Seriously, XO. Now, I also want to mention that The weekend, you know, had the most streamed song of 2020 in Blinding Lights. Mm -hmm. It it was streamed almost 1.6 billion times in 2020. Wow. And to not be recognized at all is actually... Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Zero sense. So, and I'm not even a fan of the weekend. Let me say that I'm not even a fan. Keep that 1,000, please. But but let's (laughs) let's be clear. If you're talking about someone who was commercially commercially and critically successful for that year, and their music is not remotely recognized, then yeah, that's a failure on the part again of the award show in terms of relevance. Because why am I supposed to care? I mean, honestly. There were talks that it was between him performing at the Grammys or at the Super Bowl. Bowl. And so he chose the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. and that was announced. And some people are speculating whether this is retaliation. The president Mm -hmm. of the Grammys came out and said that um, by that point, the nominations were already um, solidified. So, Mm -hmm. but I agree. It's like you want him so bad for tv because uh obviously it's still a television show right Mm -hmm. and so he's obviously hot enough for y'all to want him to perform but did you happen to catch his performance at the amas by the way that just aired a couple of weeks ago yeah i honestly i um haven't i watched it um in passing i wasn't like sitting down totally engulfed honestly the best performance in on that show was doja cat this year for me um but i just bring it up because i thought it was strange like Mm -hmm. it's like his video have you seen the video for blinding lights i haven't but i know he's doing the whole stage thing with the Mm -hmm. you know looking like a crash victim all these things i was just like you know again what is it would it have made a difference for me if he performed or not no again the acknowledgement should have been there though for his artistry and for his accomplishment so Mm -hmm. can we talk about real quick i don't know if you wanted to get into the like the drake um go ahead response i was just gonna say uh, again i think to both of our points what are the grammys without the investment of the artists and fans to yes to create its worth right so when you have people like you know, Diddy, who previously made a statement saying that the Grammys do not recognize Black artistry, and mm-hmm. then you're continually provoking that narrative, even after you guys have this whole diversity task force that you supposedly work with on new initiatives, <laughs> you're still missing it somehow. And Drake, I love Drake's quote where he said, I think we should stop allowing ourselves to be shocked every year by the yes. disconnect between impactful music and these awards and just accept that was what that what was I can't even speak that what once was the highest form of recognition may no longer matter to the artists that exist now and the ones that come after. It's like a relative you keep expecting to fix up, but they just Mm. can't change their ways. Hmm. And he even went so far as to say somebody should create something new. Yes. Somebody should create a new award show that gets passed We've been having this conversation from uh, definitely the movie point of view for some time now. Uh, But I agree. But let's keep it 1,000. 
the Grammys have been doing this with black artists for a very long time. You remember, we were too young for this, but Will Smith fought and and LL Cool J, they fought to be recognized by the Academy because they didn't want to, uh, you know, they didn't want to acknowledge rap as Mm -hmm. a legit form of music. And obviously it's the biggest one now who who would have thunk it at that time no one but still girl within the last been, how many years is it where they gave macklemore the rap album of girl. the freaking year over kendrick over over the over the legends over the the yes. true the true greats the, in the that category it was upsetting down it was history. so upsetting it yes. was so upsetting so there have really been many quick. examples over time again yes. that have dictated my thoughts and feelings now but That was was one of the biggest snubs ever. (laughs) Absolutely. And even back to the Beyonce point, um, I'm going to say two things. So the first, Adele saying, what does this woman have to do to get album of the year, right? When Adele stands up on there and says, listen, Beyonce, this is for you. That means you were wrong. That means you were wrong. Agreed. And honestly, she deserved it for freaking Lemonade. Are you freaking serious? And don't get me wrong. um, Adele is amazing, but Lemonade was that i mean it again culturally lemonade is cemented in our culture period Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. adele love adele Mm -hmm. i mean but it's it's not it doesn't have the same weight in my personal Mm -hmm. opinion it doesn't because it was a whole narrative behind this right like it was a an entire feel look uh storyline like it was a whole world that beyonce created for it was done fantastically okay so yeah and so what i wanted to say though about beyonce and her music i am not against beyonce whatsoever some may even say i'm part of the hive i (laughs) i do appreciate her quite a bit um but greatest living performer not above reproach in my opinion and the only thing i'm going to say that's critical is this one of the things I've noticed whenever they give uh, the awards to maybe the white artist, whether known or unknown, okay, Bjork. <laughs> bon Iver, like, come on, bro. <laughs> um, one of the things I will say when it comes to the number of writers on a song with Beyonce, it has always been this way since Dangerous, Dangerously in Love. There's like, you know, Pookie and um on the list <laughs> like, it's like everybody wrote this one song that only had Pookie what a hook that said three things right yeah. whereas be, like Adele it was either Adele and like maybe one or two other people like with mm-hmm. a grand total of like three people who wrote this song and I feel like obviously it has not heard Beyonce because let's let's keep it 1000 she's won over what 60 grammys so i mean obviously she's not hurting for them right Mm -hmm. yeah she hasn't gotten the coveted one but just overall she is well um recognized you know by the recording academy but i really do think that plays a role in what some musicians may you know prefer over one over the other you know i mean i i can absolutely see your point to a certain extent laura especially because i have to think about the fact that as i've gotten older i definitely respect artists who have their hands in multiple forms of their artistry like i my favorite vocalist of all time is whitney houston but whitney houston never wrote any of her music and that 
takes her down a notch for me in terms of being an artist, right? Mm-hmm. She was a great singer. She's the greatest singer, in my opinion, of all time. Always. But but you're talking but someone about like someone like Mariah, who makes it clear, that, clear to you. Writes all everyone. of her music, is I a part of the production. Exactly. Like, yes, Mariah, there's an artistry. There's a deeper artistry. So again, that's no disrespect. And to your point, I think that may be. But again, Beyonce is, in my opinion, and people can debate this all they want, but she is the greatest living entertainer currently Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to negate what she puts out, so it, the impeccable nature in which she puts things out on such yes. a regular basis, you know, yes. that deserves recognition. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. One last thing I was going to say real quick about the Grammy situation before we moved on um, was I didn't realize that the former CEO had filed a lawsuit against the Academy. Did you yes, know this? Yes, girl. Yes. So where I was, <laughs> like, I was like, again, this whole diversity task force and all this but you have your former ceo who's alleging sexual harassment and irregularities with the nominations process like come on yeah come on i think it it took me being in my 30s to realize essentially anything man made could fall right like there's gonna be some holes you know like i feel like when you grow up and i was a very straight-laced child where it's like well, these are the rules. You're supposed to follow the rules. And then when you realize there aren't any rules. <laughs> like, or that the rules were put in place to hold you down and hold you back and keep you from succeeding and living your best life, then, then you know, excuse my language, people, fuck them. Right. And, and honestly, one of my favorite quotes, and I, I, I found it or learned about it when we were in our master's program, it was from Steve Jobs. I'm paraphrasing it. But he's like, once you realize that the people who created the rules are no smarter than you, that's mm-hmm. like true freedom. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa. Steve Jobs broke every like leadership managerial uh, rule in the book. I read his biography and mm-hmm. did like a report, I think, at that time we were doing it. And I just mm-hmm. was like, the fact that he was so successful and so respected, but was mm-hmm. technically kind of a monster. I to was going to say an asshole, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and again, there's some privilege that came along with that, right? The reason oh, why yes. he was able to get away with certain things. We'll, we'll be honest. We'll be honest. But again, it was, it's definitely interesting to think. And I feel like I've heard that now from a couple of people about the whole idea of, you know, you look at the people who are in charge and who are in leadership, remember, they're just people just like you and they're no smarter, no more knowledgeable most of the time. No. Um, There's just been opportunity or resourcefulness or, Mm -hmm. you know, stick to itness, whatever that has allowed them to I will say, yes, yes, because persistence, resilience, and all that plays a major role. But what I will say is this, (laughs) girl. (laughs) Um, what I will say though, is, um, in knowing the rules before you break them though, I will say Mm -hmm. that I I do believe in reading the room, i.e. Emily in Paris, et cetera, (laughs) 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 you know, read the room, know the rules, and then you can start coloring outside the line. So, um, if there's, if there's any, do you have anything else? No, I'm good to go. We can move on. We're going to move to our next high topic this week. And it's celebrities refusing to follow social distancing guidelines. Yeah. So Cardi B, she's, she's so in her 20s. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Cardi B tweeted November 26th. 
Um, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoyed my family and friends in the turkey legs. She then continued to uh, tweet, or I'm sorry, this is November 29th when she tweeted, 12 kids and 25 adults over the holidays. It was lit. Mm. And then came swiftly the criticism of it all, right? Right. So much so that she felt like she had to respond, which she typically does on a regular basis. <laughs> she then tweeted, sorry, my bad. Wasn't trying to make nobody feel bad. I just had my, my family in my home for the first time and it felt so good and uplifted me. I felt too, um, I spent so much money getting everyone tested, but it felt worth it. I wasn't trying to offend anyone. And then the last tweet I'm going to highlight is me, especially, and everyone that works around me get tested literally four times a week. I'm in the middle of work and every time we clock in, we must get tested. There was another incident with another celebrity, although I have no idea what she does. Rita Ora. (laughs) (laughs) Shots fired. Shots fired. She apologized because she broke UK's uh, lockdown rules for having a quote unquote small gathering for her 30th birthday. Mm -hmm. Ashley, what is the deal? Like, so... Are they going to just do these parties and then just say sorry when they get caught? It's almost like, uh, you know, uh, just asking for, for, you know, going ahead and doing what you want to do and then asking for forgiveness later for sure. But I guess I'll say yes. at least in Rita Ora's case, it's not like she posted this on social, right? Like, you Unlike- know, it was the packs. It was the packs <laughs> yes. who caught her. <laughs> took pictures police were called you know that was a different that was a little different situation versus yes. Cardi kind of putting herself out there that's uh, the thing it's it like Cardi, why did you post that i saw yeah. videos it was a lot of people doing these tiktok dances i'm like because again it's going back to the whole kim k thing right like you're a celebrity yes. you know that there's increased scrutiny that comes with that you know you know i'm I, many people I'm sure broke COVID restrictions during the holiday, but most yes. people are not celebrities. So we don't get True. followed. We don't, no one cares as much. We don't have to issue public apologies. So, you know, to a certain extent with these stories, I feel like those who live in glass houses can't throw stones and I'm one of those people because <laughs> I did travel. So I, I will choose to not say too much, but I would just say, um, but you did know, you have again, 37 people in your house? I did not. I did not. But again, I've taken risk. And I, so I, I just feel like, you know, I can't, I can't go too hard on anybody who is doing certain things um and and still you know make it seem like I'm not doing anything but again I will say if I were a celebrity I definitely would not be posting things on social media because you are people look at you as a role model um people are looking to you for you know for whoever for guidance I don't look left for guidance but if that if you do I understand uh and then the last thing I'll say that made me a little upset about the Rita Ora story is that they're basically saying it's not even going to be her who's really going to be punished. It's going to be the, the restaurant. They're oh, facing wow. a 10,000 yeah. 10, pound penalty. Mm-hmm. And that to me is just kind of messed up, right? Because, I mean, maybe Rita's going to pay it on their behalf. But I just feel like if I was that restaurant and I decided to take this risk for you, probably by request, like ma'am, yes. I'm going to need you to step up then if I get charged a penalty for it. But mm-hmm. what, what, whatever. I guess. And again, I'm not trying to 
blast Cardi B for her age. I'm not trying to be ageist in that way, but it just... Well, Kim did it and Kim's 40, so... Exactly. <laughs> and, but I guess what I was going to be funny, but I do feel like it's such a young person thing to do is to post everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know you're gonna get scrutiny you cannot tell me she didn't think that you know she wasn't gonna get the type of backlash maybe she was drinking some sauce at the time you know every now and again we get a little tipsy during the holidays <laughs> and the twitter fingers get i'm just giving her a little grace you know maybe it was maybe it's some alcohol you know as i said that tequila gets me going every time so <laughs> I just put my phone down in the other room during those times, you know. Exactly. But, I just I, but to go- your point, to your point, Delora, it is very valid. Very valid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to your last point about drinking, I just I just go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna go into some microdoses this week. All right. So the first microdose is um we're kind of going back a little bit and we're gonna talk about Mrs. Larsa Pippen and Malik Lord. Beasley. Jesus. So these two were caught walking hand in hand the other day. And the reason why this became such um such an uproar on social media is because not even about their their age difference, because it's over 20 years. Oh, mm. like an over 20 year age difference between the two of them. My leak is married. <laughs> Got a whole wife, whole wife, and a whole, whole child. Who was blindsided. Mm. And uh, according to reports, my leak even went as far as to tell his wife that he was unable to come home recently. Ooh. And he yet on that she... Tristan trash bag behavior. Boy, stop. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Ashley, the disrespect. What are your initial reaction when you heard this news? The disrespect. So, you know, you were the first person that I sent this article to when I saw it. <laughs> yes. And again, the mess. Like, it, it makes me almost side with the Kardashians now in this, in that Larsa. Why are you so messy? Like, I'm not understanding if you have no boundaries. I saw her response on, what was it, Instagram or whatever, where she said, don't believe everything you see on social media. Even salt looks like sugar. Like, stop. I'm not going to call you out your name, ma'am, because that would be disrespectful. But let me just say, you are playing with fire. You need to stop yes. playing with people's husbands. Yes. Stop trying to break up families. Even your own son is being, you know, Scotty Pippen Jr. is having to make statements and saying, listen, I'm focusing on myself. Like, my Luke is only like your four children. years older than he is. He's and, only and like... Me, it's not even the age difference, right? Because again, if she were right. a man, this wouldn't right. be a big deal. What not have you? It's the disrespect in that he is a married man. He married. does have a family. So regardless of, you know, it reminds me of the whole situation. And we haven't talked about this on the pod, but with um, with uh, Eddie Murphy's ex-wife and oh, uh, Leela Rashawn's husband. Yes. And that whole thing of, oh, well, I didn't know he was still married. I was told it was a different situation. Yes. Like, I, that was I, a mess. And she knew it. It was so messy yes and, and it's just again like whatever that man may be telling you about his situation 
is unfortunate. If, if you in that moment thought maybe he was single, what have you, then that should have been the statement you put out, right? Is I am not involved in this man's marriage in any way. We're just friends, whatever, even though who holds hands if you're a grown man and you're a grown woman and you're not doing anything with and one another. And with that kiss, they knew somebody was taking pictures. Like you couldn't tell me. Anyway, I I'm even talking something... about now back to the Larsa Pippen situation oh, with yes. like, how, how is it not yes. what it looks like when you guys are seen oh, holding hands and you're not wearing honestly, a bra and I was just about lot. to say what she had on yeah. proved that they were not just friends holding it hands. It was a lot. It was a um, lot. But I did find this on people.com. <laughs> the headline, married Malik Beasley asked Larsa Pippen on date via Instagram comments one week before their outing. Oh. And yes. So it gets juicier. So she posts a bit of a, you know, thirst trap on Instagram. And he wrote the following in her comments. I just want to take you out on a date and treat you like a queen. That doesn't sound like a married man to me. Oh, wow. I I just, I'm speechless. <laughs> I am speechless. Again, the disrespect, like when his wife said, you know, I don't even know who this man is. Like, yes. it's easy to be on the outside looking in and think like, oh, you know, maybe there were signs or maybe he's just been trash and, you know, she's with him for X, Y, or Z. They but the point got is- got married, Ashley. Right. The point is, is they got married, right? And that's, you took vows. It's, you know, it's- it's so upsetting. Yes. It upsets yes. me so deeply. And it's not even my life and my situation. I know. I know. I will say, though, my initial reaction to it all, when I saw the headline, when I saw the picture especially, mm. I was thinking to myself, how sad. Mm. Larsa, no, this ain't a good look. She looks thirsty, doesn't she? I mean. I'm going to pour some more of my wine on that. She looking a little thirsty. <laughs> Speechless. I just thought, I, I just literally thought, how sad. Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave it at that. You a grown, grown woman, Larsa. You grown, grown. But I guess grown. Mess, mess may not know any age. So. Preach. Preach. Mm. Mm. All right. Stay so. away from my husband. Five or six That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'll cut you. So, <laughs> so let's talk about uh, some more some more drama before we get to a little bit more wholesome microdose. Dancing with the Stars. Mm. They've had um, a lot going on in the headlines recently. Y'all can't um, see me, but I'm bouncing because I love Yes. <laughs> so let's first talk about the finale. Yay. Okay. Yay, boo-boo. <laughs> the winner of this year's Dancing with the Stars was Kristen. And her boy um what's his name Artem. 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 and i love you. Artem. i love Artem. Yes. But, but but it was caitlin bristow from the bachelor and bachelorette oh, did I say kristen caitlin oh yeah caitlin me. bristow me. No, Thank it's all you. Good. who i had thought remember we talked about this in previous episodes yes. i did think that she was a beautiful dancer yes but she's, did i she's think she deserved to win no never neve, neve. all day clear every day and Jenna should have won Dancing with the Stars flat out. Period. Did you see the shade that Neve had, though? I didn't see it. What did he say? So he, and so in like the interviews post the announcement, he was like, yeah, I did great for a non-ABC affiliate contestant. Oh. 
he was salty too. He deserved Listen. it. He deserved it. And Neve. so that and may he, be a good point, Neve. It's excellent. And mm. and me being a you know long time dancing with the stars fanatic, a lot of bachelors, a lot of ABC former soap people, mm. a lot of I mean Ooh. even Disney affiliates. You know what I mean? So well, so so the reason why we're bringing this up, guys, if you're not aware, is that Dancing with the Stars airs on ABC, and The Bachelor and Bachelorette also air on ABC. So it's very convenient. Yes, that the winners are going to be people who are already a part of the franchise, and and ABC is owned by Disney. Yes. Um, so you know it's definitely a very valid point, Neve, because again, him and Jenna, you know, I didn't necessarily think that their last dance was their strongest, but I I still mm -hmm. enjoyed it. The dance, the, yes. the singing in the rain moment. The um, um the freestyle. The freestyle yeah. is usually the best, and sometimes it's really interesting because some celebrities usually go all out, do whatever they want, usually in, in, incorporates dances of today, you know, mm -hmm. and then sometimes um, they have dances that incorporate all the things that they learned in their time on Dancing on the with the Star. Got yeah, it. so I thought it was very interesting that the choice to go with like a more jazzy uh yeah, you know approach. dance or or what did they call it is it is um not broadway is it broadway it was kind of like jazz slash broadway type of performance mm -hmm. so but it, i enjoyed it i enjoyed it honestly um out of everyone's freestyle i did enjoy um both neves and and um Caitlin. Caitlin, yeah. Okay. I, I, I just want to give my final thoughts as a whole on the yes. season real quick. Yes, because, please. again, this was my very first season of the show. Again, I absolutely loved it. I am a fan Yay. now. And I will be watching in future seasons. I did end up going back, by the way, and watching one of Zendaya's performances. She was excellent. Actually, you have no idea. Oh you my goodness! No idea. I was so I was like, I'm so sad. I missed your season, Z. Like, I need to find all the all the dances and watch them partner. again. Yes, and they and it was so like it was the um oh I can't think of the name of the dance, but it was excellent. Awesome. Anyway, no, it was the hustle. Argentine um, tango. Yes, is my favorite. It was yes. the Argentine tango. Thank you. That's what it was. But yes. anyway, anyway, I digress. So for this season, I will say. I, again, I was rooting so, so, so hard for um, our favorite, um, I can't think of her name all of a sudden, little, little, little chick from Disney. Sky. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of her name. No worries. I voted for Sky. Let me tell you who I voted for. I voted for Sky and I've never voted oh, for Oh, you participated. In my life. Girl, I you never participated. Voted I, I was love text, it. I was texting the names to the number. That's how invested I was. <laughs> So I voted for Sky, I voted for Nelly, and I voted for Neve. You know why I voted for Sky and Nelly because I'm always rooting for everybody black. I did not expect always. Nelly to go as far as he did. They also were passing out tins like candy because Nelly did not deserve some of those tins towards they the definitely end. Definitely were passing out tins like candy. I will say I am so proud of how far that he went, especially yes. you know, given he that was amazing. He experience. was fun to watch. Yeah, he was definitely, his performances were always fun to watch. But and I will say tried. I was very. He tried. He did. He improved. I mean, he improved. Always, that doesn't always happen with male contestants. I, I was very sad uh, the week that Johnny got eliminated just because Me I too. thought that Johnny was so strong, right? I felt like it was just because he didn't have the fandom behind him the way yes, a lot of other he was people amazing. did. Yes. Yeah, so that was a disappointment. But again, I, my, my three that I definitely put in my votes for and my ultimate pick was Neve. Neve, 
Do yes. your thing. I hope you get on Broadway, baby, because you were amazing. He could do it. He could do it. He was amazing. And overall, I did enjoy this season. Um, again, my favorites, um, uh, Johnny Weir, Sky, Nelly, and then unexpectedly Neve. And I loved um what was her name? Is it was it uh Justina? Oh Justina? yeah, Justina Machado. Justina Amazing. Machado. Amazing. And I loved she her had great joy energy. in yeah, her she had great energy. performance. And mm-hmm. and even Jeannie before she had to unfortunately drop out. Yeah. So it was um it was a fun season. I um I can't I, I guess it's not one of my top seasons because my person didn't win, but that honestly, real talk in the past. Um, there would be some, there would be some amazing, I'm going to flat out say it, black celebrities who mm-hmm. would get the runner up and it would be like, so this isn't necessarily the first time that my fave hasn't won, but like mm-hmm. most notably, um, Maya, Maya should have won. She did not. I didn't and... even know Maya was on the show. Did I? Ooh. Yes, and Case they were the harder on One of my her. favorite songs. Girl. Case of the X come on the radio. Boom. I screamed. I screamed when they played that at the end of uh, Insecure. <laughs> one of we their talked episodes. about that. It was such. Listen, guys, not to go down a rabbit hole. Sorry, no. but y'all know Case of the X still goes, and I'm we're over here drinking Hard. a little bit too. Yes, it Hard. Was, listen, uh, whenever okay. that drops. And then um, Mel B. Those are the two most notorious runner-ups. And Mel B is a freaking pop star. Yes. Oh, I don't even think Zendaya won either. She's another runner up. She She didn't didn't win because they talked about it in the comments. Like, can't believe she didn't win that season. Again, she was excellent. Yes. But in any case, um, fun season, fun season. And then let's talk about uh, some of the relationship news out of the season. Um, So it's worth noting that uh, Chris. Chriselle Stouse from Selling Sunset, mm-hmm. um, her partner was having some relationship issues. We kind of alluded to this previously. And um, a lot of people speculated that he was, she was probably the reason for the split because the wife claimed that um, Gabe, I think that's his name. Um, Is Glee, Glib? Glib, yeah, because I think he's like like Russian or something like that. So yes, thank you. We have Um, some hard names to get through on this. Girl, I need to. (laughs) Girl, like I did not. Sorry if we butcher anybody's (laughs) names. I'm used to give me a Jessica, give me a Ashley, give me a Delora. You know, I don't. Apologies, it's all love. So, um, she alluded to his infidelity an infidelity through their like i think it was like 15 year marriage or something like that so everybody assumed that it was shell well she insisted that it was not and he did too but that's like duh that's what you do right even when you does look like a living uh white disney prince he does (laughs) you know he's quite beautiful whenever they do disney week he's always a prince like nine times out of ten i love it he's quite um and so you know even when you're when you're caught with your hand in the cookie jar, you, you deny, 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 right? Mm, um, all I do but, is lie. <laughs> <laughs> but it just came out, Instagram official, that Chriselle is seeing K 
KO! Plot twist! And they are all hugged up and kissy, and it brings me joy because honestly, if you're gonna rebound, rebound with the dancer, please. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and let's just be clear this is a chocolatey, beautiful black man <laughs> that she has decided to rebound with. So, Chrishell, I ain't mad at you, girl. Oh, you, you and another one of my girlfriends sent it to me, and I was like, listen, Chrishell about to be having some corn rolls on the next season of oh, Selling Sunset. Like, y'all just ain't it. about to be ready. But, you know, we talked about the fact that I was hoping she was going to find love on the show. Yes, um, and you mentioned then, Right, yes. you mentioned then that she that her partner was married. So I was like, oh, that's, dis- that's unfortunate because, again, we talked about how messy her divorce was. We talked about one of the reasons yes. why we can't get down with Kevin on This Is Us is because of that situation. Yes. So I am happy for Chrishell, even if this is just a flame, girl, live yes. your best life. Live your Have best you life. time. Yes. Mm, they both clear because they had to be on the show. They said that mm-hmm. they started hanging out after they both were eliminated. And because everybody stays in the bubble. I bet Ann H is is salty because I think she She wanted some Keo as well. She wanted a bite so badly. She was all over. She did not even hide it. It was hilarious, Ashley. Like this woman, I'm like, you know, she's in a committed relationship, but she was all over that man. She wanted her some Keo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, our final microdose today, we're going to talk about um, the hot chocolate nutcracker the Ooh. wonderful documentary um debbie allen shonda land's first netflix project since yes, making shonda. the move yes and, um uh what did you think ashley because i loved it i first of all where have i been all my life that i was this wasn't even on my radar in terms of this performance that debbie does every year like yes, it just was not, i didn't I know had about no this idea. yeah and we've talked about the fact that for me personally i just now am starting to understand and give debbie her flowers all because of them i was not aware of all the various projects and the the impact she's had on my life in terms of her uh impact on the culture you know absolutely i, just, I appreciate Honestly, this drop for that reason for sure yes i told my one girlfriend i'm like you know Debbie is simply that bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? She and, said, and I choreographed 10 Academy Awards. Listen, 10? again, I don't think because she has not been in front of the camera as much as Felicia Rashad has been. Yes. Again, I think in terms of that, I just never had seen or paid that much attention to her career where have I been all my life like she is my shero she's one of my different world now. after the first season she came in she took and it she over exa- she directed and produced every episode after she that is the reason why the show was as great as it was because she yes. took the the back the the, the 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 writers the production everybody to HBCU to so yes. get a real cultural experience and yes. really take the storylines that were really happening and put it into the show so she is definitely fundamental to the success and I just Proud finished Howard. re-watching a different world so yes she's yeah. a proud Howard alum and one of mm-hmm. the things that uh, they didn't talk about it in the documentary which I guess is not necessarily on topic but 
because she read a book um, in the library in Howard, she learned about Amistad. Amistad, and crazy. She, she was responsible for uh, bringing that story to Steven Spielberg, and then mm-hmm. she was a producer of the it film. It took her years, years to get this movie done, guys. It took her years. Steven Spielberg was the first one who really was like, okay, let's go for it, yes. um, and let's make this happen. And that came up again. I think we talked about it in, a, in another documentary that is on Netflix currently. And I can never think of the name of it. But when I do, they I need will, us or something um, some, like like they when they when they I can't uh, I wish I could think of it right now. I apologize. Yes, but I, we'll, we'll yeah. post it out somewhere. So you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, But back um, to the nutcracker, the hot was, chocolate nutcracker. I was going to say, so my you asked me my impression and I went yeah. off on a tangent. I thought that Debbie was raw in this yes. documentary i said yes. this, she said forget these cameras you will be fired <laughs> if you showing up to my to my stuff late okay y'all may just be kids but i'm not playing with y'all and i appreciated it because a lot of them you know they talked about the fact that a lot of them you know don't necessarily would never have the means to get this experience otherwise so mm-hmm. you know i think you know to give them that not only that experience but that discipline that drive that focus was so invaluable and some of those success stories that came from that listen I am here for a black ballerina I am here for you know the the artistic experiences that these kids are getting to have I appreciate Debbie and her husband for doing this for the past 20 freaking years like it's it's just a beautiful thing to see how much she gives back to the community It's, it's it's very inspiring I absolutely loved it. I grew up in dance. I was, I always tell people I was a fine and performing arts student, um, child. Like I didn't do sports. So I did, I did music, played the clarinet and I danced for many, many years. And so I learned something new about you every day because <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Uh, listen, I played the trumpet, so right here with your sister and I did tap and ballet. So, you know. Did you? I did. Um, I, did. I did dance. Most of it was contemporary, but I learned all the all the things, and um, so it was very nostalgic. It's nostalgic for me. Like it mm-hmm. was absolutely wonderful. I loved every minute of it. I absolutely had teachers slash choreographers that yelled at us like that at a very young age. Of course. So for me, it was like yes, all of this, all of this. I loved it so much, and. But it also reminded me of like my family members like you know what I mean like when you're it, maybe it's a difference too in culture sometimes mm-hmm. too right like we're black yes black aunts parent figures elders do not play so Period. it's not it's not something that is out of the norm when you're a Never. child to be talked to in these ways so sorry if this was like shocking to anybody <laughs> who may not be used to this <laughs> to me it was like that's what y'all need. That's what you get. You know what I mean? It's just, it was normal. So, yeah. So, exciting news. One of the young ladies who was featured um, in the in the documentary is going to be starring on a Netflix show. Um, pretty, the, what's it, Pretty Little Things? Uh, Tiny Pretty Things. And Tiny it'll, Pretty Things. And oh, it's um, premiering <laughs> December 14th. And it's uh, the Kay, um, Kylie Jefferson. I believe she was one of the... I think she was what the the fairy, the plum fairy, or yeah, and she's the one who had gotten injured too, she and did, talked about yes. how being asked to come back was what helped to re-inspire her to mm-hmm. get back into it. So again, obviously, the success stories from this just shows that the work that Debbie is doing is so valuable, and that it's giving these girls opportunities they probably.
probably in boys because there are some yes. boys as well that are in there oh um, so impressive otherwise. even though the one who was like the first uh nutcracker he he's went on to you know perform in new york and then the 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 young man who um the asian young man he was so cute and he was killing it i was yeah. just like oh my god and but he's I, on tv he started he um, a tv a, show uh young sheldon yeah yes. on yes. CBS, cbs yeah on cbs and really quick i had i had known about the hot chocolate nutcracker i didn't know it was a fundraiser for her school mm-hmm. but i knew about it because she always has like uh, keeping it real a black celebrity like featured and one year it was raven uh she okay. she was like one of the 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 special guest stars of it and and in the documentary they showed to sheena arnold and a couple of other people so yeah it was, it was sheena and it was um it was uh gina from martin i don't sorry tisha i don't know why we always call you gina because <laughs> I just watched the Soul Wait. Train Music Awards we hosting, and I'm still I was still calling her Gina. Shout out to the Soul Train Music Awards this year. Y'all did y'all thing. Quarantine and all. That was a whole vibe. Like I wanted to be in there, uh, sitting there listening to the music. Is it better vibe. than BET? Because I was so super impressed with BET this year. I don't, I can't even remember the BET Awards at this I know. point, to be honest. Wait, 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 like, wait. It's been so long. So much has happened in this year. It happened in yeah. the middle of like obviously quarantine, but the civil unrest too. Girl, I can't even remember the BET yes. Awards at this point. <laughs> I would just say the Soul Train, like, you know, it was very intimate. People were kind of in the audience. It just felt like, you know, kind of like almost a jazz or a music lounge type nice. of music. Very, oh, I loved it. And sh- Lucky Day and Babyface before my favorite song, Shoulda. Like, it, uh, I was just jamming. <laughs> anyway, shout out Soul Train. Y'all did y'all thing this year. COVID and all. All right, Ashley. So that's all for Hot Topics and Microdoses. It is now time for the recap. What are we recapping this week? Exciting. Oh, my goodness. We are recapping The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. I'm squealing. I'm squealing. (laughs) Guys, if you are not aware, this show has been major for like two months strong now in terms of Oh, I'm not going to spill the beans. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. Okay. So today, all we're covering is episodes one through three for the sake of time. So this is just part one. Stick with us next week for part two, which is going to be episodes four through seven. These are our longish episodes I wrote down because some of the, like one of them was like 42 minutes, one of them was like an hour and five minutes. So don't worry though, guys, you'll roll through them because everybody does. So this was dropped on Netflix on October 23rd. A quick summary set during the Cold War era, orphan chess prodigy Beth Harmon struggles with addiction and a quest to become the greatest chess player in the world in the world this was created by oscar nominated screenwriter scott frank and bafta nominated screenwriter alan scott it is based on a 1983 novel by the same name the queen's Mm -hmm. gambit by author walter tevis Mm -hmm. a little quick brief uh info for you guys as well following its debut in october the queen's gambit according to netflix became the streaming platform's number one show in 63 countries and its most watched limited scripted series ever with 62 million member accounts tuning into the show in the first 28 days. So again, when we say this thing has been major and has been in Netflix's top 10 since it dropped, I mean, it has been a phenom 
for the platform. Absolutely. Let's get into this main cast. So we have Anya Taylor-Joy, who stars as our main character, Beth Harmon. You may recognize her from films like Split and The Witch. You have playing young Beth, Isla Johnston. You have Bill Camp as Mr. Scheibel, who has numerous credits. A lot. Uh, you have Moses Ingram, who plays Jolene, who, Newcomer. You know, the 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 black character in the film who you know you have to see it and understand but i appreciated her <laughs> yes fun fun fact about her go ahead she's gonna be in uh the film lady macbeth of, mm, um i knew well, she's, she's not lady macbeth but she's uh in macbeth and uh starring denzel washington so i'm super excited I about that. that i thought they said lady macbeth i must have read wrong maybe it was Frances yeah. mcdormand who was playing Frances lady macbeth, is lady macbeth. Okay. okay yes mm -hmm. okay Okay. Yeah, I to saw that. Fair, I knew that's what you're about to say. Yeah, it is Lady and <laughs> something. I I forgot, but no. Uh, Francis is uh, Lady Macbeth in that um, in that version. I tell you, we be on such the same wavelength sometimes. It really <laughs> freaks me out. <laughs> anyway, we also have Christiane Seidel as Mrs. Deerdorf, who is um, kind of the headmistress at the orphanage that Beth goes to. We have Marielle Helmner, who plays Alma Wheatley, who is her adopted mother. Mama. We have um, Marcine Dorosinski. Apologies if I didn't pronounce that correctly, as Borgoff, a.k.a. the Russian. We have Thomas Brody Sangster as Benny Watts, who you may recognize from Love Actually, yes. Game of Thrones, and yes. the Maze Runner trilogy. Wait, wait. Have... And I love him from Nanny McPhee. Ah, yes, he sure was in Nanny McPhee. What's love funny it. is when I kept watching him, I was like, I remember you as a small boy. Oh, Why do I keep picturing you as a child? <laughs> that <laughs> like, man is 30 years old, by the way. I, I mean, he, you know, he had the mustache and everything. I believe it. Trying, <laughs> I, I just kept imagining. Yeah, I just kept imagining, you know, still the childlike version. Um, we have Chloe Pieri, who plays Alice Harmon, who is Beth's mother. We have mm -hmm. Harry Melling, who plays Harry Beltic, who you may definitely recognized from Harry Potter mm -hmm. I was predisposed to hate him by the way because he was horrid was he in Harry Potter as his cousin yeah he was you know, not nice you know I don't nice really Harry. know Harry Potter very well oh girl <laughs> that was a whole era of my life I never read the books guys let's oh. be clear not okay. to say that I wouldn't but I was I was diehard for those movies saw every single one in theaters the weekend that it came wow out. So, wow yeah, I was one of those he was I also went, the bad guy in the old guard by the way mm. the, so the, he's just a bad Charlie man Theron. all around Mm -hmm. he sure was he was the one who was trying to get them for you know their mm -hmm. dna and all. he sure was yeah predisposed to hate him is a valid <laughs> statement we also have jacob fortune as uh jacob fortune lloyd as towns and we have mm -hmm. uh, last but not least matthew and russell lewis as the twins mm -hmm. matt and mike mm -hmm. so moving on to some reviews delora rotten yes. tomatoes Girl, this has a hundred percent critic score. 96% audience score. Yes. And I always give the Google users some love. Google users like this 98% of the time as well. So yes. listen, it is it is beloved by audiences and critics alike, except I did read some reviews that were not so kind. One of them I want to highlight, which is okay. Sarah Miller of The New Yorker. Was it a feminist oh. perspective? It, it, I can't, you tell me. So her biggest criticism of this and caveat, she read the book. So anytime oh, you read a book yeah, and then yeah. you watch the film or television adaptation, 
you're probably going to feel some type of way because most of the time it doesn't necessarily live up to that standard, right? So her biggest criticism is that the lead actress is too pretty to have played this role of Beth Harmon because specifically, I guess, in the book, it was stated multiple times how unattractive Beth was supposed to be. And I think her main gripe with it was what Chess did for Beth was give her confidence and make her comfortable in her own skin. This mm -hmm. actress exuded confidence the entire film. So mm -hmm. she felt like that was the main conflict within the book that you just don't feel or get from the show. And her quote was, if she didn't play Chess and weren't such a bitch, it would be Emily in Paris. <gasps> Girl, we just recapped Emily in Paris. Give, so me, much. <laughs> give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on that statement real quick. You know, I knew that was going to hit you because I'm like, oh. First of all, ooh, ooh. I love that so ooh, much. Ooh. I can't say I necessarily agree with her because one, I did, not read the, I did not read the book, right? Right, me either. Um, but what I will counter with that statement, I have watched several interviews uh, featuring the um, actress, mm -hmm. and she mentioned that she didn't want uh, Beth to be ugly. Like when it when it came to her fashion, she wanted her to embrace fashion for the era because she 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 didn't she for her she didn't want her. Beth to just be good at chess and not be attractive because there, you know, that's a common stereotype, right? When women mm -hmm. are into good at something, good at something, whether it's, especially for the, like the science or math or, you know, things, brainiac type. Shout out to all the women in STEM. We yes. see you. Um, the, there's this assumption that they don't care about their appearance. They don't care about how they look. And she didn't want that for Beth. And so she talked about how she collaborated with the director and mm -hmm. she, she appreciated that collaboration and she felt like she was able to make something special um, with, with this particular character. So. Okay. Well, appreciate that insight for sure. And again, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. So let's Absolutely. get into ours. Yes. Um, so what did, what grade did you give this show i wrote a plus 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 oh this got an a plus okay 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 i loved it and so without any spoilers i thoroughly enjoyed um I, I thought they did a great job highlighting the period, right? Mm -hmm. um, in, in, We're in the 50s and 60s. Yes, um, mm -hmm. in terms of fashion, in terms of, like, I, it was true escapism, right? You almost wish that it was a real life, right? But it's, it was a well-written <laughs> novel, right? And uh, Well, I, I don't just, just because of where Black people were at the time, but to your point, if I, you know, otherwise, sure. Otherwise, no, honestly, sure. I think that's probably why I was able to enjoy it more because it wasn't real life because I, I didn't have to worry about any black person being slighted. Uh, <laughs> even though we know that time. Period. I mean, I did, well. I did write a quote from Alma that got to me a little bit, but we'll get there. We'll get yes. there. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. did you? Okay. Yeah. But no, ahead, for girl. the most part, I, I started watching it 
honestly, real, real talk. Yeah. I get in, I think I had just finished like girlfriends. Uh, I finished my, my binge of that. And I was having a hard time committing to another show. Like, you, I don't know if you ever experienced this. You have your list and you kind of don't want to click on certain things that are on your list, even though they've been on your list for probably forever, right? <laughs> I literally, legit, that was my first time pressing the, the shuffle mode on Netflix. Oh. And of course, it went to the most popular mm-hmm. show they had to offer. And I will like to add a caveat I read somewhere that Netflix claims people watch things for like if you clicked on it and stay on it for like a ridiculous number like two minutes yeah they'll count that as a watch so yeah so that's the whole controversy uh to speak to guys too as far as the statistics that's why I say as reported by Netflix right because that's not the standard in the television industry and in ratings for how you document who is watching. So Netflix does their thing and that they are entitled to do that because they don't have any accountability. Zero. But yes, it is. If you've watched something for two minutes, then you've watched it, you know? And I will say, because I pressed that uh, shuffle feature for the first time, of course it went to the most popular show. Those um, algorithms. It had, off- it had to offer. And I let it stay. And... I already started watching it late at night. I kept watching it until like three o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's how you like that. That's how intense it was for me. And then I finished it the next day. Like, I I think I I literally got to like episode three at that point and uh, finished it the the following day. And that was my first time watching it. Obviously, I'm rewatching it for for the pod. But right, right. Um, watch I thought everything it was fantastic. Twice. Yeah. At so least, what? What's your What's your thought? Yeah. So I gave it a B plus, not really? an A plus. I did. I did, and I thought about this grade. Okay. Um, again, I think I tend to stick to my criteria of what moves me. Yes. Are things that I experience on a deeper level, and as okay. much as I enjoyed this experience with Beth there was not emotion. I didn't have an emotional connection to the mm-hmm. material the way I have with certain other TV shows and films, right? Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed the experience with Beth. I'm not a chess player whatsoever. So I was Googling a lot uh, yes. to try to understand a lot of pieces, but neither here nor there. Cause I think whether you get into chess or not, you can appreciate the journey. Mm-hmm. You can appreciate when someone is an underdog and is underestimated and they continue to triumph and they continue to press forward, especially as a woman in that era who, you know, never was going to be seen or valued until she proved her worth. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciated the story, but again, it didn't, there, I, it didn't touch me in certain ways. And that's why I gave it the B plus. I think from a storytelling perspective, it was excellent to your point. I love the sets. I love the costumes. I love the feel, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, B plus it's going to have to be for me on this. Really? And, yeah. and, and, and for me, I was just learning how to play chess this year. David was teaching me you and told me that. it's a, such a fascinating game. And so honestly, watching this, this movie gave me confidence in my chess game. Like I felt like, Oh, I know what that means. And <laughs> I mean, see, I'm nowhere near a grandmaster, but it was really fascinating for me. And I will say this, the way she feasted on those men's egos yeah, it was, was beautiful. quite a delight. It was, it was very satisfying. To be very clear. satisfying. So I, and I, again, 
I give it an A plus because I just I just loved it and I loved the games. I, I mean, it's almost like a a sports game. Like you know what I mean? Like you know well, those I sports she, uh, movies. It she was, says in it too, like chess is not just about competition. It, it's it can be beautiful. She yes. ends up saying that at some point, and and I agree with that. Like I think there seemed like there was such a level of even if somebody beats you, there's a level of appreciation and respect for the mm-hmm. for the art form of chess. Yes. I guess I should say. Yeah. So you know, again, even though I don't get into chess, I appreciate competitive sports i can appreciate anything that's competitive but at the same time i thought that the way they handled everything seemed so um interesting from that perspective of like oh this isn't just a game this is something people really see as uh, uh an art form to a certain yes. extent I, and to your I, point too delora a a plus it is if you loved it i love that you <laughs> loved it that much it, yeah. it's been it was number one for so long for me on netflix mm-hmm. i forgot to say that that's why i decided to watch it because i was like what is all this hype about why has this been number one on my netflix for weeks so good job netflix you got me yes <laughs> the last thing i want to say before we go into uh the actual recap and spoiler alert mm-hmm. um i i just recently found out that chess was um highly popular during that time and a source okay. of sport for Americans because um, because of the Cold War, war right? Like the oh, best okay. chess players in the world were, were um, Russia. Russia. And so yeah. if you have this world competition to have an American in it, then it's like, you know, like the hockey, like the, you know, all, all the things, you know. And so that heightened, that heightened also- competition... They also mentioned that chess is back on the rise in terms of popularity this year because of COVID and because people are yes. in their homes. And, and this show, the amount of and chess this show. Uh, board purchases have been skyrocketing. <laughs> Let's hope that girls also feel inspired that you can do this too, baby. Absolutely. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We are moving into the meat of our recap. So if you have not watched this yet, please feel free to tune out and come back to us when you have. So, Delora, let's get into your your initial impressions, your themes, all that jazz. Yes. So, a lot of more of the same. I I enjoyed the storytelling. I felt like it was inspiring. Um, I enjoyed the suspense of the games. And there was an elegance to to Beth that I really enjoyed. Um, Of course, girl power. And like I mentioned before, I've been known to be a ball buster from here to there. So I appreciate, you know, game recognized game. (laughs) (laughs) I was here for it. What about you, Ashley? Again, when we're synced up, it's crazy. I literally have down girl power. (laughs) (laughs) The thing for this, because again, it comes down to the idea that this was something that Beth, that the societal expectation was that she, this was not something she was supposed to do. It's not something she was supposed to excel at, and she did, and it made it so satisfying because not only do I always root for an underdog, yes. I also root for my ladies. Yes. So Beth, I'm proud of you. Do your thing, girl. It made me start looking up female grandmasters, and there Ooh. is one that I looked up who had, you know, similar um not similar story to Beth, but just, you know, mm-hmm. made me more interested in her story because mm-hmm. of Beth. So, you know, again, anything that can help um, with, you know, diversity and helping people to understand that they are more than the limits that society has placed upon Girl. them. Yes. I'm all for that. So Preach. again, Beth Harmon, do your thing, baby. And on that note, 
let's move into episode one, which is titled Aptly Openings. Yes. So I'm going to give a quick summary and then Delora and I are going to get into our highlights of the episode. So in episode one, we meet main character Beth Harmon. Mm-hmm. Real name is Elizabeth. She goes by Beth. Mm-hmm. She loses her mother in a car crash tragically at the age yes. of eight and is sent off to an orphanage. She ends up bonding with another orphan there named Jolene and with the custodian who shows her how to play chess, which she shows an exceptional skill in. Mm-hmm. She also, though, unfortunately becomes a drug addict to Laura. She yes. becomes dependent on pills or vitamins, as Jolie called them, <laughs> that the orphanage was handing out to kids on a daily basis. Literally. What so let's the- let's get into some of the highlights. <laughs> let's get into some of the highlights of this episode. On that note, so the show, the 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 first scene of this show opens with adult Beth. And it's Paris in 1967. And you see her, she, she seems frazzled. She's getting out of a bathtub. She seems hungover. She's popping pills. She's drinking alcohol. You see her racing to this match. Did that kind of set the stage for you when you first saw this? Or were you like, where are we going with this? Where, what's going, what's happening? I had no idea what was going on. Obviously, you know, she was going through something. But I was, I was really intrigued because she was like oh no let me hurry up and I still look amazing and then bust through the doors and have all those cameras and and the guy waiting for her I'm like oh is she gonna is she gonna be ready like or is she just you know that amazing or something so yeah it really set the stage for like you know immediately pulls you into the story because you're coming into a place where you're like what is actually going on what is this story going to be about you know so I I think that it was a great way to kind of open it with the kind of flash forward to the to the present and then we do a flashback to the past Mm -hmm. and we kind of see you know Alice who is who is Beth's mother in this car crash she Beth was also in the car you see her mother's dead body and her mother appears to have been intentional and crashing the car because the last word she says to Beth you see is like close your eyes yes they show that there was some seemed like some mental instability there potentially drug use there but also Delora her mother seemed like she may have been incredibly smart she had a PhD girl and worked in in the math department at Cornell Cornell. so (laughs) so that starts to set the stage for like maybe where Beth is going to get her skills from and her intelligence from yes so so what were your first impressions of kind of Beth's mother in this circumstance that we're finding her in as a young child so like you mentioned she seems very (laughs) she seems unwell and the only part that I I questioned um I, I put in my notes, I, I put, is it due to bad love or is it due to mental illness? You know, and obviously bad love can lead to mental illness or there could be something that was already there. You know, you just never know. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you see her mom arguing with this guy named Paul. I'm assuming that is uh, Beth's father, but at this right. point, the mom wanted, wanted nothing to do with him. So it was a little alarming. She seemed erotic. I mean, uh, he he made mention of you know you're living in a trailer so that that just automatically makes you think okay this isn't normal and yeah. then the next thing and you see as is, if he had been trying to find them right like she had been yes. disappearing with yes. potentially their child 
And uh, when, when she started, you know, burning things, I mean, I feel like in every woman's what life, you know, you feel like burning up some stuff, but (laughs) 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 what was the source of it? I wonder. So, I mean, it, it was very apparent what her mom was going through something. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it was just intriguing. If anything, it just drew me in more on, um, you know, what to expect and how it's going to impact such a young girl like Beth. Right. Because it just seems so tragic to meet her under these circumstances, you know, and they mentioned when she was getting sent to the orphanage, like, oh, there's no reference to a father. Maybe he Mm -mm. was one of those who like got caught up in this life or whatever. So you're almost wondering at this point, like, was he married? Did something Mm. else happen? Like, why, why wasn't he able to take her after her Mm -hmm. mother died? So we cut to, you know, getting to the orphanage, one of the parts that upset me, and maybe it's because I have and have had very long hair over the course of my life. Why did they have to ch- cut this child's hair like that? That upset what? me so much yeah. and burn her clothes. I was more upset over the burn clothes piece of it all because like, I, I'm just, we are past the spoiler alert. They make reference much later down the road that her mom, her mom, um, put that together for her and so Mm -hmm. i'm like you're not gonna leave her with anything but granted we don't know what was on it or anything like that but i i mean but you ain't got no washing machines (laughs) like you can't take that out and scrub that down for her you gotta burn this child's clothes like exactly it just was so because again you're you're taking her away from everything she's ever known and just feels so intense and i think the cutting the hair too there was a movie back in the the 90s called curly sue Yes. And I remember at one point when she got taken away from her family, they cut her hair and again, yep. she was attached to her and she literally said they cut my hair and was in tears. So literally yes. I have that written down. It's like, that's the curly Sue. They cut my hair moment. Yeah. Even though Beth didn't seem affected mm-hmm. the way that she did in that film, it affected me. Right. Yes. I was like, you're just, you're taking everything from this child. It's too much. Yeah. And I can see that because in, in really quick to the curly Sue reference, it, it, it cut, it's almost like it cut her joy. Like it just, yes. it was, yeah, it I, was I got yeah. like geez why do you need to give this girl a bowl cut i just don't i just don't understand so she ends up again bonding with the custodian but but it wasn't it wasn't an immediate bond right it was not, no. she had to prove herself in this relationship he said things like i don't play with strangers yes girls do not play chess Yes. They even had a brief falling out because, and this is the second or third time I've heard this term in the last few months. She called him a cocksucker. Yes. I'm like, is this is this a diss that we that we say? Because I've never I've never said that a day in my life. But never. it caused him to lock her out. Because yes. w- the reason why she was going down there, uh, guys who are listening, was that um, she started beating the, the, the erasers because she was so good in school. She was finishing yes. her assignments early because she was already showing how intelligent she was, right? Yes. Like she went to class, mm-hmm. she would finish a math assignment before all the other kids, she'd just be sitting there. Mm-hmm. So she ended up going down to the basement. The custodian was down there playing chess. She's intrigued. Um, she ends up, you know, learning certain, the way that the pieces move without ever even having a conversation just by observing and Mm -hmm. Dolores, she beats him by their third game. Yes. And he's like, have you been practicing? It was, um, I, I love, that's what I did enjoy about the show. I loved how, 
we we got a chance to get a glimpse of what was going on in her mind and unfortunately it was um after her taking her quote unquote magic vitamins mm. <laughs> those green those green pills um but i just love that part and so when he was like have you been practicing and she's like no i've been going through it through all the moves in my mind i just i don't know it was just so so fascinating and i was so engaged i i loved it i loved it she was brilliant um that next thing i did have was about those green peels so again the the staff at this orphanage is drugging these kids they get two pills a day and Jolene tells her to hold on to her peel because it works better at night than it does during the day. So she starts hoarding these green peels, taking them in handfuls yes. at night, and then is able to do her thing and play chess on the ceiling in her head at night. I have in parentheses, Lord Jesus, help this child. <laughs> like, I, I was so worried. I was so worried. And you know, when I, my first impression when I saw this, I was like, they are really drugging these children. I was like, what year is this? This is the 60s, ain't it? Like they would do, they, I mean, the the things they did back in the day, I'm like, it's known to be cruel uh, today, you know, at today's measures. But I'm like, did they really think drugging these kids to keep them in control was just the way to go? Like, are you serious? And and this actually happened. Like, yeah, I I fully believe it. I fully believe it, right? I'm like, they, again, people aren't quite that creative, right? Most things are taken from somebody's (laughs) experience somewhere. That's why Get Out terrifies me the way that it does, side note. Because, you know, I just feel like there, there's, there has to be some truth in there somewhere. And again, the fact that, you know, you start to wonder these adults, do they think this is right? You know, Mrs. Deerdorf, when you first meet her, she seems nice. She seems hospitable. But how could you be if you're actively drugging and, and these willfully children. giving these children tranquilizers? You know what I mean? To keep, keep them sedated. It was deeply disturbing. And, and will, um, go ahead. I will, I will say I was apprehend, uh, apprehensive about everyone in this orphanage. I didn't know, especially the first time I watched it, I, I didn't know what type of story this is going to be because i mean i can't tell you how many movies or shows i've seen where people get into orphanage and you have the really evil headmistress or or the the staff that takes advantage of the kids in a very gross way i was like really on edge watching it the whole time and surprisingly her experience wasn't ideal obviously with losing her parents of course but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like outside I mean, the drugs. Because again, because yeah, again, she was up, able but... to have Jolene. But I did keep keep wondering about the one black guy because he kept touching on Jolene all the time. I was like, Sir, Same. what are your intentions? Why Same. do you keep putting your hand on there her when it's unnecessary? Fam- a level of familiar familiarity between the two, and I was just hoping that it was not inappropriate. And, the, yeah, and luckily, exactly. we didn't go down that that rabbit hole. It didn't. But, but whether that comes out if there's season two, if there's season two, and that comes out, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Like. Again, she seemed fine and maybe it was just a bonding of, hey, you're one of the only black kids here. I'm going to look out for you type of vibe more so than anything. Because remember he was quoting Shakespeare. Like I was like, sir, I'm confused by your character. Anyway. Period. Anyway, (laughs) I am definitely glad that she had some touch points with people that she could bond with because it helped you feel better about her overall experience. Yes, but I I did say, um, I did put 
<laughs> the fuck <laughs> when it came to these when they came to these vitamins i'm like yeah. they're calling them vitamins you are yeah. drugging these children when tranquilizers <laughs> and to the point where like you mentioned an addiction yeah is created and to yes. me that was tragic so i guess i guess there there's the tragedy in her stay right at the orphanage in the sense of like she shouldn't have had that level of exposure period to something at that, like that. age because that you age. also i mean you know how they say that certain people genetically are predisposed to addiction yes. and because yes. we see that her mother may mm-hmm. have been one of those individuals obviously it was more likely that she was going to develop that so that's what hurt me too was maybe if she had never had these experiences she would have been able to stay away from those mm-hmm. things but we'll get more to that too with her she's, she's also going to have a love of alcoholism so we'll get to that too yes. um so the custodian because of how brilliantly she plays ends up hooking her up with the coach of the local high school chess team and laura she plays and beats him and also beats <laughs> all of his students on his chess team in a simultaneous 11 players who she beat all at the same time in an hour and 20 minutes and this child is only nine years old wow wow i loved it i loved it it was um and i loved that scene too because at that point they gave her chocolates for you know winning and Mm -hmm. um and she was like yeah the best player was just like not that great and it was just i don't know i I loved it they left backwards pawns all over the place (laughs) i was like well you you tell them girl i don't know what that means but you tell them beth um, so the last thing I, I want to touch on, uh, was again, just the, the drug use. So, so my note was just the legalities of drugging these children and then stopping abruptly because yes. we see a point where they instituted this new state law to not provide these, the green pills anymore, which were tranquilizers. And it causes these kids to go through withdrawals. Obviously mm. we're seeing only really from best perspective, but we see yes. the point where she was about to go to that high school match and Jolene smuggled her a green mm-hmm. peel so she could focus. And then in a moment of desperation, Beth leaves from a little screening of a movie they're watching, breaks into the stash girl, takes handfuls and shoves them into her mouth and passes out and falls on the floor and that's how we end episode one her poor kidneys i just could not i i was really surprised by that and um horrified all at all at the same time and um that's an excellent point again not far from what probably happened in real life right it's like oh no can't give kids tranquilizer let's just stop it Uh, I don't know. It was a terrifying ending, though, which, again, made me want to continue my uh, my binge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to this poor little drug-addicted child who just fell flat out on the floor? Um, Did you have any other highlights before I move into episode two? Um no no you 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 touched upon everything oh i guess the last the only thing i want to mention is um they take the picture which later means so much uh between her and mr scheibel and i also wanted to highlight whenever anyone touches her or she touches them it's it's always um 
a hesitation or some type of, um, you know, I, I notice it's, it's like almost a major thing for her, like for her mm-hmm. to touch someone or for someone to touch her, she looks at them like, okay, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of those moments when they took that picture and she, she put her little hand on his shoulder very <laughs> hesitantly. And, yes. um, you know, it, 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 it'll later become something very, very special. And that's an excellent point, Delora, because I guess we didn't really get into the fact that Beth as a child and even as an adult to a certain extent is very standoffish. She's very Mm. solitary um, besides the people that she lets directly into her orbit again, which is Mr. Scheibel and Jolene. Mm -hmm. Um, She's definitely one of those people who seems like she's comfortable going through life solo. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with her experiences as a child and dealing with her mother and all of that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she's not a, she's not a gregarious child. She's not an outgoing child. She's very much internal um mm-hmm. and and thankfully both uh the young the young beth and anya taylor joy play that beautifully right that kind of yes, internal absolutely. that rich internal life you experience with them that they kind of communicate through their eyes and everything else so moving on to episode two titled exchanges mm-hmm. a brief summary of this is um we pick back up um because of beth's drug cabinet break-in she's no longer permitted to play chess Yes. And we immediately end up seeing a flash forward to teenage Beth, who is still in the orphanage um, with Jolene, but quickly gets adopted by a couple who moves her to the suburbs. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it seems like a brand new life. You know, she gets she gets her own room for the first time. Can't believe it. Like, oh, my God, all this is mine, you know. Mm-hmm. But but is it actually a better life, Delora? Because we see her have to confront things like dum, 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 high school. and and an absentee father um but one of the the great things is that she's able to get back to chess and that is is through her own persistence because in a little theft as i wrote down because she had to end up (laughs) stealing yeah she had to end up stealing you know a chess review magazine from the local uh, corner shop you know because she didn't have the money for it thank you the pharmacy um and and she ends up beginning chess tournament life with the Kentucky State Tournament. So let's get into to the, to our highlights. So mm-hmm. what were your first impressions of her adopted mother and father? Because we see that the mother seems more invested in Beth than the father mm-hmm. does, but he mm-hmm. also does not even seem invested in his wife. Like I have written down that Mr. Wheatley, they're, they're the Wheatleys by the way. Yes. Did Mr. Wheatley love his wife at all? He was such an asshole towards her. And she seemed almost resigned to the life that she was living, but was not happy with, right? Like we see her abusing drugs. We see her abusing alcohol. Exactly. We see, but we also see that she seems like she's gifted in playing piano Mm -hmm. and that that was a dream unfulfilled. She said she wanted to play the orchestra, but she Mm -hmm. had stage fright. She also talks about, you know, gives us some context as to why she adopted Beth and that she had gotten pregnant and had a child. Mm-hmm. We never understand what happened to this child. I assume the child must have passed away. Yeah. Um, but again, gives you some insight into why they adopted Beth. So what did you think of these parents and this family and this life Beth is now being moved into? Well, my impressions on Mrs. Wheatley was um, that she was a desperate housewife, frankly. Mm. Um, in terms of Mr. Wheatley, unfortunately, I, I feel really bad, but I was very concerned and weary of him when when they were driving home. 
I was hoping like, oh my goodness, they're adopting an older kid. Hopefully he's not out here wanting to to molest her, abuse her in any kind of way. So my mind unfortunately was there. So um, I was trying to, you know, check out his character. Granted, he didn't, he didn't do that, but he still wasn't awesome by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> so, he, he dipped out he dipped out real real quick i mean real quick and he and he seemed like the type of person that might not have been physically abusive but definitely emotionally abusive to his wife yes and um yeah i don't know if they were the type of couple that um lost their way after such a tragic loss of a child or not so in some ways beth probably came in when when their relationships you know when their relationship was frankly in shambles yeah so um so yeah that's that's how i feel about the whitleys and and with them and with the mom i was didn't know how to feel about her either I didn't know if she was going to be like, obviously she's not an evil stepmother, but in terms of like, you know, they're only taking her in for the money kind of deal because the way she went to the the store to buy her clothes, mind you, the orphanage look was tragic, right? The look mm-hmm. itself, but going to the clearance rack. And At the just, top of Ben, ben Snyder's. Going to the clearance rack and picking out ill-fitted clothes doesn't show much care either. And so yeah. I didn't know where her mind was. I think maybe she didn't have the money to do what she needed to do, but it also yeah. didn't seem, I, I didn't read that initially, right? I think they had to explain that just slightly a little bit later. Right. Um, but And I agree. I think she ended up being in a financial bind, especially when her husband left because her husband basically left and moved to the West. They live in Kentucky and he basically goes like somewhere outside of Denver. So he just pretty much abandons her and she's, you know, we're in the, the 60s. So she doesn't have a, her own job. She doesn't have any way to, to get income. So right. that definitely is how I took it. But to your point, I had no idea what to think of her either, especially because she seems so sad. And yes, to your point though, about maybe it was because of, you know, possibly them losing a child. I also wondered because of the era was it not a marriage was it a marriage of convenience rather than love yes like was he it? had a good job she mm-hmm. had the you know quintessential suburban life i mean and yeah. obviously they um they were well to do for that era you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they just weren't happy together right right so uh, i didn't want to move us along to high school yeah, And the fact that, you know, this is a huge shift for Beth. And when she comes into high school, high school is brutal. Still, yes. even in, in that era, she didn't have the yes. right clothes. She's too smart. She doesn't Girl, fit in. the haircut, still the yeah. same. All, after the outfit, all everything. And me, I just said, mean girls, you can't sit with us vibes, right? Because she instantly comes in and all the girls have on the, the, the shoes of that era, yes. the outfits of that era. You know, yes. she's just really out of place. And they're even talking about like, oh, you know, there are social clubs like the Apple Pie Club, but you have to be mm-hmm. invited. I wrote down yes. like in high school, no Girl. offense, but I said, I said, what in the white world? Like, <laughs> help me. Oh my God. <laughs> help me to understand. Was this, was this the real thing? I've never heard of like, in invitation only social clubs back even in high school right this isn't a fraternity or a sorority but you get that sense 
that well, that I mean, was the dynamic. Back in the day, all you needed was a high school education to that. That's to a very valid point. It, so. That's a very valid point. So that was potentially <laughs> that <Bitch>. for them. <laughs> but it just seemed like y'all are, y'all are going a little hard for me. Doing in high the school. most. Yeah. Yeah. What were what do you think about her her high school experiences? I, during this episode you know typical fish out of wa- water trope right um yep. it's like this new world and how is she gonna fit in and you know and i it you got a chance to get you know get to know more of beth's character like is she going to care to fit in or is she going to brush it off and be her own person you know she could care um, less. <laughs> right and and I did love how she still shined academically. You know, she didn't, she didn't shine her light or she didn't dim her light in those moments. So, mm-hmm. but I want to, I want to change the subject just a little bit and say the thing that I did not enjoy about this series was, um, was the, was the time jump in terms of the, the age of the actor in that particular scene like for example when we did the time jump and you go from you know let's say baby beth to you know new beth Mm -hmm. i had no idea how old she was and obviously this young woman in real life is 20 something years old right Right, and then we actually see her as the grown beth as well um i just i thought it was very confusing um, i could see that it was and, also weird too because the same actress played jolene in, girl, in, in its entirety so it's in like how the are we, whole time. Yeah, yes. like how are we spanning <laughs> how are we spanning all these years you know a decade and the same young lady is playing jolene you know it was, it was definitely odd so i agree yes. with you on that so and then and they then, even and, remember they lied about her age yes, when she got adopted they said she was yes. 14 or 13 she they said she was 13 but yeah. i think she was supposed to be 14 in that yeah. time or 15 yeah. something she was a couple years older for sure yeah, so I, I understand. That, that that was the one thing i i didn't think was very clear like okay this is a freshman Beth okay and then but then when they took her out of high school and we'll talk about this later that's where it started getting a little even more cloudy of like okay is she 18 yet is she you know is she still prodigy like I don't especially when you start introducing any form of love interest right and is this legal sir you know all those thoughts but we'll definitely get to that so yeah I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that shopping trip you talked about as well as just Alma and her relationship in general. So yes. that shopping trip gave me massive anxiety because okay. it, I just felt like, especially because of where she was and, and the status she was already going to have in high school, like mm-hmm. you're a woman as well, Alma, you couldn't look out for your adopted daughter and not take her to get the secondhand thrift store, Girl. some men's jacket. And just, I had such make it work, make it work. And she couldn't even do what she wanted, which was look at the chess sets. Remember she told her when they yes. came in, like, can we look at the chess sets? Oh, Again, then, you know, when we come made down. Made me nervous. Made me real nervous. Yeah, like, are you actually going to work in her favor? Because again, Beth has not had it easy when it comes to parental figures. She's still a child. I need somebody to help to take care of her a little bit through this series. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping Alma was going to be that. And at times she is going to end up being that, but initially things like this gave me massive anxiety yeah Um, because she was actually quite self-absorbed in that time i mean sulking or you know wallowing in her depression and obviously running upstairs when her husband came home from his trip (laughs) 
to make yeah. her make herself up. Yeah, and uh, you know, who knows how high she actually was because I mean, she was drinking beer like it was water you know <laughs> that's one thing her husband said i'll take a beer if there's any left yeah um there's also something alma said that i mentioned earlier that bothered me which was when beth was wanting again some financial independence so she could buy things for herself like a chess set like some better clothes she mm-hmm. said the only girls your age who work are colored and yeah. she said it like such an insult oh uh, yeah like like oh you don't work we don't work and again, it yeah, was the you got era. me, got me wearing clearance rag. Couldn't even fit that jacket. That ja- oh. did you the see whole, that? You remember that? I, of and course I shoes. do. Again, it gave me such like when she caught them making out in the library, and she said, "Beth, I know that you. I see your ugly shoes." Like when Girl. I show you that, I was like, "That ah, oh, how dare you? Oh, yes. how dare you do yes. this to your child? This is now your child. You, I, I respect parents who want their children to look better than they do because Period. again, to me, it shows a level of care. Again, not to be conceited yes. or be all about material things, but you yes. should not send your child off into the world." At that level, yeah, like yes. that was just you know you were sending her into a situation where it was not going to be pretty. You are a woman. You were a teenage girl. You know how right. it is. But right. but anyway, I, I digress. That that quote bothered me a little bit though. And Alma, if I mentioned real life, we had to talk about it. But I'll never meet you. So anyway, um, so <laughs> so Beth uh, ends up having to uh, send a, a note to Mr. Scheibel back at the orphanage yes. for the entry fee to get into the Kentucky State Tournament because mm-hmm. you know yet again Alma's like, listen, I'm gonna start giving you an allowance so you can get what you want, but then when the when her adopted father ends up not coming back she's like well I can't give you anything because again right. she's not getting any type of an income so Mr. Scheibel comes through provides her that money and um her, she she goes she sets off to her first tournament which was so probably the most satisfying victory for me was that first victory because mm. she came in as such an underestimated player even she the didn't twins even, she didn't even know the rules rule. of the game she didn't know what what the clock was for she didn't know a nope. lot of things those twins even who end up becoming her friends later yes. were so hard on her and, and trying to talk down to her and stuff yeah. so that first victory when she came through and was just wiping the floor with everybody even at the end when she had to unfortunately take a peel go to the bathroom pop a peel to meet mm-hmm. harry mm-hmm. it was still such a level of satisfaction because harry came late mm-hmm. he was yawning he was just yep. so disrespectful yeah well, those are tactics right um and Sight, trying to psych somebody out yep yep and honestly that's um that happened in real life and and i read the what 48 laws of power one of uh the stories they give there was a major test tournament or chess tournament where the person used intimidating tactics to, you know, psych their opponents out so they can have more power. That that's a real thing. You know what I mean? So I, I was pretty impressed by that. Um, I absolutely loved her confidence in this first uh, tournament. I mean, even if she, even when she didn't know like the basics, like what's the clock? What is, you know, what is the pen and paper for and all that? She still was able to kick some major butt. She knew how to play the game. And what I also loved was her meeting her first crush. Towns. Towns. 
I um uh, her interaction towards him was really weird because I'm like you seem really young but you it, it, it kind of came the performance by the actress came off a little bit too sexual for my liking <laughs> like I'm like wait so she's still 14 right like why is she making these like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's it's those eyes that Anya has. It's just a yes. little, I guess, a little flirtatious. I agree yeah. with you. It was it was interesting. Again, you didn't get the sense that they were going to cross the line at all in that point, no. which was 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 what gave you know didn't make it too creepy. But to your point, this is her first introduction to somebody that you know it seems like she may have an attraction to, which we haven't seen from Beth yet. So mm-hmm. I mean, um, she's been also, around girls her whole life, and and not to yeah. say she can't be attracted to girls, but obviously they are not her cup of tea. So, oh yeah, yeah, we're we're getting the sense that she is heterosexual, and then. Mm-hmm she gets her first period so again it kind of points to her age right she gets her, her first period at this tournament first visit yeah poor thing too she <laughs> thought she was sick like thank god there was another girl there because i'm like if you just have like you have no one who could possibly maybe talk to you about this i was you know? i was actually quite panicked in that moment too when she only put toilet paper down because i'm like girl you better fake it because what you don't want is stuff rolling down your leg okay? oh. <laughs> We're, let's not get let's not even get too deep into it i'm a i tell you i had nightmares before i first started my period so i felt for her for sure um it is it is a woman's burden we deal with it it is but, a woman's i mean again you get it you get it the yeah. the, the horror and terror uh, anxiety is yeah. there <laughs> yeah yeah um so i mentioned that beth had to pop that pill before she ended up inevitably winning the tournament and beating carrie beltic um her adopted mother though is the reason why she gets back on these green pills right because her mother her adopted mother alma is is taking them she calls it tranquility medicine yes and so beth starts stealing her her prescriptions and then ends up unfortunately returning back to her addiction but real talk ashley real talk was she really sick or was it like you know back in the day they used to prescribe things like historic you remember um hysteria only women could have it and the only way yeah. you could you know what i mean like i don't think she, she was sick actually what, sick no i don't think she was sick whatsoever i think she was medicated because at the time that was they, they did a lot of things that now would not make sense or would not be ethical right even to yes. like uh lobotomies and all sorts of just things yes. that used to happen to people and the the horrible things especially if you had any signs or symptoms of mental illness and you know it was just a lot uh yeah. back in the day so i don't i did not regard her as potentially being sick at all i think it was her addiction served substances yes. that caused her to be sick so yes um that was very sad uh the last yeah. thing i wanted to mention on this episode so we can move on for the sake of time is alma was on board with chess once she saw that reward money uh delora she was she, she said oh i didn't know you could make money like this from chess and and started lying to get her out of school they started going on on, on a whole tournament run well you, she she saw her as a a, a, a bank so cash cow, cash cow. <laughs> she was like oh this is how we're gonna supplement this income i'm not getting anymore from my husband is right. i'm gonna use my little adopted child i mean again I try not to judge Alma too much because it was a different era. Yeah. And yet again, I don't know what else she would have done at that point, but you still, because Beth is our main character, the main concern I felt was for Beth. So it's like, is this in Beth's best, best interest? interest yeah. Yes or no. Yeah. Right. So, and, and, and I did write this quote because I really did appreciate Alma saying it. She said, 
I can learn to be a good mother because she, I'm glad that she said that because she definitely was not doing that (laughs) before. She said, I may not have been a good wife, but I can try my best to be a good mom. So yeah, Yeah. that's a great, that's a great quote because it it at least gives us an insight into almost intentions because we did not know besides her taking her from the orphanage. We didn't yet know what, if she was going to be, you know, what I think of is like Matilda, she going to be a Miss Trunchbull or is she going to (laughs) be, Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Or is she, she going to be the wonderful teacher who ends up adopting Matilda and gives her a wonderful life? That was my question. Anyway, or actually, I should say her her birth parents and Matilda. But anyway, um, I digress. <laughs> I'll move on to, to episode three titled Double Ponds. Mm-hmm. So, summary Beth and Alma head to the next chess tournament in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> uh, Beth has now earned a reputation, Dolores. So, you know, when she went into the Kentucky State Tournament, they was a little stank. Now Beth's reputation has preceded her. Yeah. So she ends up winning this tournament and then begins traveling around the country with Alma to various tournaments and sets her sights on the U.S. Open in Vegas mm-hmm. and unfortunately suffers her first major match defeat mm-hmm. and has to be crowned co-champion so let's mm-hmm. get into these highlights so this episode we meet yet another chess prodigy so harry mm-hmm. in, in the previous episode he was a, he was a master he's a grandmaster i think or yes. just a master or he was working on it. Yeah. yeah so but but benny is a prodigy yeah benny is the older version of beth who yes. is you know reached a point in his life where he's written books he's done all the things he comes off a little arrogant to me, though, and he's dressed like Indiana Jones. I called him a rebel without a cause. <laughs> he was just a little like, I don't know what to make of you, Benny. Again, I'm looking at this, this child. I'm looking yes. at this child who I've known from Love Actually and to your right. point, Nanny McPhee, and I'm like, <laughs> take this mustache off the plane, you know? Like, wait, wait, David and I, when we were watching it, I'm like, he has you know he he he's obviously like a petite man but he just has such a youth youthful face and yeah. it, and and yeah. i just cannot believe this man is 30 years old i just cannot yeah. believe it <laughs> yeah. he does still look young but but again we 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 meet him and we understand that you know there are some there's going to be some competition at best really going to get to at some point in time that's really going to challenge her and benny is going to be mm-hmm. one of them so yes. we also kind of get in this episode the fact that you know international money as far as chess goes is better than in the states you know they yes. even talk about the fact that russia is the biggie and you talked about that kind of when we first were we're getting mm-hmm. started with the show um and also alma asked for an agent's commission in this mm-hmm. episode dolores she, she asked did. for 10 percent Beth decided to give her 15%. Did you feel justified in Alma asking for a commission from her daughter? Um, yes. And I say this because she obviously was going to be mooching off of Beth anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well put her on the payroll. At least there is a clear expectation of how much goes to, you know, to, to mom and child, you know, and so that's valid. That's valid. Uh, that, I just that's finished weird. ballers. Sometimes you got to put the friends and family on the payroll. That's valid. Sometimes, <laughs> but again, it 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 it's all about clear communication and ex and maintaining expectations. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, Alma introduces Beth to alcohol. Yes. It it, it seemed harmless to Alma, but as the audience. 
I immediately was concerned because again, we've Red seen flag, this level sure. of addiction yes. that Beth has and that she's possibly predisposed to have. So she may have thought just giving her a little taste of the martini or gimlet or whatever it was on the plane was nothing. Because it was fun. We're, later, we're on, later on, Beth is down in beers. Wait, the way she was down in that beer, though, I was like, I thought you only had a little bit of exposure. This is how we do? Is this and what we And it was doing? such a sweet relief, right? She's down in it like it is, you know, the, those vitamins. If she had not been introduced to these things, possibly at such a young age, would her life have turned out differently? But it's really neither here nor there. We're at this point. It just continues to concern me for her general development and her well-being. Mm-hmm. Um Beth begins taking lessons to learn Russian in this episode, too, because, again, yes, we talk about the fact it. that Russia is the big enchilada. And she, and wants, she wants the big dog. She wants... Yes, she is, is, is definitely uh, trying to propel herself forward. She is determined to be the best. And I, that is much respect on your name. Much respect, yes. Um, she also talks about in this, in this that um, she does her, ends up doing an interview with Life Magazine National and recognition, yes. She that's the line that I alluded to earlier when she says chess is not always competitive, it can be beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And again, if I'm sorry, if you're not a fan of chess, I still feel like you can appreciate the way Absolutely. that Beth sees it, which is yes. that it was this art form that we got to experience throughout the course of the show. But I felt like the interview, the Life magazine interviewer was so shady and saying things like creativity and psychosis. Yes. Or for that matter, genius and madness often yep. go hand in hand. Like, ma'am, you don't know me. I really, I literally put in my notes, the reporter was doing the most. Like, ma'am, old. like, did you realize this was like a 13, 14 year old girl? What are you talking about? And that's when Alma came in and was like, okay, it's a We're good done. time to end. We're done. She has homework. That's when I, she had become a mama bear, right? She did. And I mm-hmm. appreciated that moment. And you could tell that it did stri- strike a chord in, in Beth because she remembers her mom. Her mom was both genius and mad. Okay. Exactly. So, exactly. It was, was a great alarming. quote. It was a yeah. great quote for the series for sure. I just felt like, again, she was brilliant in that, in that, in that she is able to do what she needs to do at this point and not delve into potentially the madness side of it. And we're hopeful that she's not going to delve into that side. They end up starting a chess club at her high school Mm -hmm. because they're so inspired by her and asking for her autograph. Yes, I wrote down my how things change. I know. Getting invited to the campus. Yeah, she ends up getting invited to a pledge party for the Apple Pie Social Club. Apple Pie. But she quickly realizes it's not for her, right? Like they're yes. they're being very basic, probably in her mind. <laughs> basic, literally. Just, and you can tell she she just was like, you know what? I don't fit in, but I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's what I loved about Beth. Uh, again, her confidence of you know mm-hmm. self awareness of knowing you know what this isn't my cup of tea. She steals a bottle of alcohol <laughs> from from the dad's from the dad's room. And dips. And I also feel like um, this is where I really got concerned with both her drug habit and alcohol habit because I'm like, oh no, she thinks she needs this now so she can, you know, look up to the ceiling and see, <laughs> you know, play out. That is what she head. thought. That is what she that thought. Was, 
a that was a, a deeper high or I don't know what that terminology is but you know a higher high or something like that and it was yeah, really she felt concerning. like she needed it to focus I yes. think by that point her dependency was such that it had become to the point where she thought she had to have it to be successful mm -hmm. um the next scene we seem like we may skip in time it's Vegas 1966 Mm -hmm. And Beth arrives for the U.S. Open and is disappointed to learn that that crush that she had on Towns, Whew. it's not going to be more than a friend because he, she's not He's exactly his type. Mm -hmm. she, she's not exactly his type. Not at all. Roger. <laughs> Roger came out in those Daisy Hopped Dukes. Out. <laughs> and we said, oh, okay. We see what y'all, what, what's really but going on here. Sorry. I feel like, I feel like Beth had Tom's uh, questioning himself, like, cause he was really into those pictures they were taking. The intensity the was real, okay? I actually think they allude to later that she actually really did. He was very intrigued and it made him question what his interest was. So it was not one-sided for sure, but, but it's, it was unfortunate because it could have been someone that we thought that Beth was going to really be romantically yes. involved with, which she had not still had up to this point. Um, the Russian mm -hmm. is, is, is talked about in this episode, Borgoff, and he yeah. is the one player that Beth fears. Mm -hmm. Up to this point, Beth has seemed very confident in every tournament she goes into, every match she's had. But she talks about this as being the big enchilada, the one that she's afraid of. But inevitably, it's Benny Watts, the prodigy yes. we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Yes. He spotted a weakness in Beth's old game with Harry Beltic just mm -hmm. by reading about it. And yes. then ultimately bested her. She called it brutal. Yes. In their game. Again, has to end up being a co-champion of that tournament, which for her was crushing. Crushing. Yeah, so that's how so much so that she started three. taking it out at um on Alma, which was a bit unnecessary. They had a little bit of a, a tete a tete, but by the end, thankfully, they were holding hands in the mm -hmm. car as they were riding away, so and it did also, not do permanent damage. It's also worth noting, um, even before the 1966, uh, Mama started coughing, and then by the time we meet her in Vegas. Um, they they allude to her missing out on the rest of the following year because her mom got sick. So they're point. they're um, escalating um, that factor. Um, point. Elma, Elma's health at this mm -hmm. point in the story. Did you have any other last highlights before we wrap our recap of part one of the Queen's Gambit? Um, I felt like. I was weary of, of Benny's advice to her that he offered to be fair, especially when we know that she was going to play him the next day. I thought he was trying to get in her head, but in fact, you know, he was correct and mm -hmm. still managed to get in her head, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, because it was the first time that she had someone a, like show her up in a way that she was mm -hmm. not comfortable with because mm -hmm. she would always go back even after she played a match guys she would go back and study the board she would go back and put all the pieces together to see if there were any weaknesses in her game so the idea of someone else spotting something in her game that was weak that she didn't see and he did it just by reading about it yes that was very upsetting 
Yes. Yeah. And um, I mean, again, she didn't, she was not having it as a co co champion at all. Um, but this she was the first time we saw her kind of lose. And, uh, you know, losing takes as much grace as winning, right? And so she wasn't really the best loser, really, in this moment. <laughs> and I thought that was worth noting. Um, yeah. And then one pet peeve um, out of this episode that I like to highlight really quick. Mm-hmm. Putting pills in toothbrush holders would have to be the grossest thing anyone has thought of doing ever. I yeah. mean, if you're a healthy, cleanly person, you would clean that out regularly. But <laughs> if you if you aren't, that area, my friend, horrid. All horrid. sorts of things. All sorts of things. <laughs> Especially if it is kept in an actual bathroom. And I won't get into statistics of what may live on your toothbrush if you leave it out in your bathroom. I won't go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, guys, that is our recap of part yes, one of thank the you, Queen's Ashley. Amazing, amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. All that right. was fun. <laughs> so we get a chance to talk about our hidden gems. Ooh. So this week, my hidden gem uh, is, I only have one, and it is Hitman. It's Kelly Rowland's music video. Um, we've mentioned some of her um, like newer music uh, in, in our past episodes. She's come out with Coffee. And uh, I'm specifically asking all of you all to check out this music video because it is absolutely gorgeous. It is made for melanin skin, the glowing chocolate people the purples the gold it was just gorgeous gorgeous the song is fire kelly gorgeous okay she only has wondering for a second why she wasn't dancing and i forgot oh yes she's pregnant (laughs) yes 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 um she only has two costume changes which is fine because the song is literally three minutes so i mean what do we need five costume changes for but she kills every single one of them. I mean, I love the gloves and the big hair and the makeup and the gold and ah, it is black girl magic. It is melanin popping. It is all good, good things. And so I highly, highly recommend it. So um, what about you, Ashley? What are your hidden gems or do you just have one this week? I can't remember. I just, I just have one this week as well, girl. And it is a Netflix series, Voices of Fire, that me and my family watched over the holiday. It's six episodes, just a little over 30 minutes per episode. Morel mm. and his uncle, Bishop Ezekiel Williams, are forming a multiracial gospel choir to tour nice. the world in this show. And it's, it's based in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so inspiring and moving. Um, they really were able to spend some time highlighting the very personal stories and testimonies from the folks that were auditioning. And it was very, it was really emotional. I mean, you had everybody from a guy who um, had found his aunt dead um, oh, in, a, wow. in, a, in, a, in a lake or a river. And it was, you know, hadn't been resolved to someone who saw their mother be murdered in front of them when they were a child to a guy Ooh. who was almost paralyzed. I mean, there were so many great personal stories. I won't give away too much, but it was very powerful. A lot of the talent was Virginia-based talent. I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh, it was going to be people coming from all over the place. No, mm-hmm. they really focused in on Virginia. And mm-hmm. me and my brother were talking and it made me think about all the amazing, talented artists who are from Virginia. You have yeah, Angelo, 
you have Missy, you have Timberland, you have Pharrell, you have Trey yep. Songz, you have Chris yep. Brown. Yep. I was like, wow, I never thought about the level of talent that comes out of Virginia. But I'll just say that this, this I love, this was very inspiring. Again, a bit emotional at times. The music is great. A, is it original music or is it um, music that's been out that they sing? Um, and I, I, the songs they were singing during the audition process were traditional gospel mm-hmm. songs, but I, they're going to end up having a gospel album that is produced by Pharrell. So I don't know nice. if he's already done it. He's working on it currently. They show mm-hmm. at the end some highlights of things that the choir has been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's worth a watch. It's worth a look up to see what this choir is doing. Follow them. I'm sure they're on multiple platforms. Fun. I just, I, I love the series. So I encourage everybody to check it out. And that is my hidden gem for this week, guys. Yes. Well, thank you, Ashley. Thank you, girl. Appreciate it. Another um, week in the books. Another week in the books. Next week, we're going to do the second half of the Queen's Gambit. And then yes, yes, yes. we're going to do, I'm going to go ahead and say it because I cannot wait to, to, to recap it. The Netflix original, original musical, Jingle Django. Yes, and I know I know people have been going a little nuts with it, uh, excited about it. So we are equally excited to talk. Ashley, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this film. (laughs) I not only watched the film over ten times at this point. I we we play the soundtrack on a regular basis. Oh wow! Well, this is gonna be a fun one for sure. (laughs) But on that note, girl, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let uh, all of our lovely listeners know, guys. Thank you so much yet again for checking us out. Please follow us on all the things. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook at Recapping Podcast. We're on all the the platforms at this point. Um, So please check us out. Rate us. Subscribe. Share with your friends and family. We appreciate any comments. We love all of you. Thank you. Of course. Well, girl, I'll see you next week, same time. Yes. Bye. Bye.